we haven't met yet, I will introduce myself to you in a moment. But first, I would like to introduce you to this man. Scott Ginsburg has worn a name tag every single day since November 2nd in the year 2000. That is almost 8,000 consecutive days, nearly 22 years this fall. He originally did it to see if people would be friendlier to him. He estimates between three and four strangers introduce themselves to him each day simply because he is wearing a name tag. In 2005, true story, Scott got a tattoo of a name tag on his chest. So he literally wears a name tag 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Of course, he has turned this into a profitable business. Books and blogs, consulting gigs, speaking engagements, and the true measure of modern success, he gave a TED Talk. Scott is considered to be the world's foremost expert on name tags. Hello, my name is John. I'm one of the pastors here at Calvary. I'm delighted to be with you this morning here in Thornton. Pastor Zach is preaching at the Boulder campus where my family normally is on a Sunday, and I'm so excited to be here with you. If I haven't had a chance to meet you, I'd love for you to come up after the service and share your name with me. We're continuing our summer series, which is called Unsung Heroes, where we are maybe discovering some names of some lesser known people in the Bible, noticing unfamiliar acts of faith, which we hope to imitate. The name of the person I'd like to look at today with you is found in a long list of names, a genealogy, a family tree. Many books in the Bible list names for us, both, both in the Old Testament and the New. There's something like 25 genealogies in the Bible, and the longest one of them is found in the book of First Chronicles, which is in the Old Testament. Chapters 1 through 9 of First Chronicles are almost entirely a list of names, around 500 of them. Many names you've probably heard, beginning with Adam. There are other famous names in the list, too, names like Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, David. But then in the middle of all of those names is this one, Jabez. And it's notable because in this long list of names that spans more than a thousand years of history, amongst all of these famous people, Jabez is virtually the only name that has any detail about him. These opening chapters of First Chronicles are the ones we all probably skip when we get to them in our devotional reading. I mean, chapter 4, where Jabez is found, begins like this. The sons of Judah, Perez, Hezron, Carmi, Hur, and Shobel, Rhea, the son of Shobel, fathered Jahath, and Jahath fathered Ahumai and Lahad, 
These were the clans of the Zorathites. Who's excited for today's sermon? <laughs> so if you haven't yet, turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 10 today. 1 Chronicles is right after 2 Kings in the Old Testament, and 1 Chronicles is right before 2 Chronicles. Probably the best way to find it is to use the table of contents in the front of your Bible, which God put there so that you could find 1 Chronicles. After 44 names that are listed in chapter 4, just like the ones we read a moment ago, we come to verse 10 and read this. Jabez called upon the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my border, and that your hand might be with me, and that you would keep me from harm, so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for the chance to turn to your word today. I pray as we open it and read it, that your voice would be the loudest one that speaks today. That you might speak truth into our hearts. That you might bring comfort and care to those who need it. That you might remind us of your love and purpose for us. And that we might learn from this prayer, from this man thousands of years ago. And I pray you might be a help to us today. To illuminate these words on this page through the power of your Holy Spirit, we give you thanks in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. Now, the name Jabez might not be that unfamiliar to you. About 20 years ago, a book called The Prayer of Jabez sold millions of copies. It was a sensation. And while it was wildly popular, it was a little controversial too. And we might understand why. I mean, we read this prayer and think, well, that sounds a little selfish. <laughs> like, give me these things that I need, God. Please bless me. Enlarge my border. Should we be praying for those kinds of things? We'll talk a little more in detail about the content of Jabez's prayer in a few moments. But let's begin by thinking about what we can learn from Jabez and his brief little prayer. One verse. This is the only time in the scriptures that the name of Jabez even appears. So the first thing I think we can learn from his little prayer is that Jabez believed that God has the power to answer prayer. Jabez believed, God, believed that God has the power to answer prayer, big prayers, even able to answer prayer when everything seems stacked against him. That's how Jabez entered the world, with the odds against him. In the ancient world, your name meant a lot more than names do today. Your name communicated something about you to others. It could document something about your birth, about your position in your family. When your parents named you, they might even be setting expectations for your life, which everybody, when they learned your name, would know. 
we can think of some of the more famous names in the Bible. The name Adam comes from a root word in Hebrew that means ground. God formed Adam from the earth. Adam's name was like his origin story. Abraham, the founding father of the Hebrew people, had a son in his old age who he named Isaac. The name Isaac means he laughs. Abraham's wife, Sarah, laughed when God said that she would have a son in her old age. Isaac had twin boys. One of them was named Esau. Anybody know what the name Esau means? Harry. Esau grew up to be a very hairy man. The other twin was named Jacob. Jacob means he grabs. When Esau and Jacob were born, the scriptures tell us that Jacob came out of the womb holding on to Esau's heel. But Jacob's name was more than an origin story. Jacob can also mean, in Hebrew, he deceives. And if you know the story of Jacob, later in his life, Jacob would trick his father into receiving his brother's inheritance. So in the ancient world, your name, a name like Jabez, might be your destiny. And we learn in verse 9 of 1 Chronicles 4 what the name Jabez means. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Jabez's name basically meant, you're a pain. His name means you've brought pain to your mother. Pain is a part of your life. It's who you are, Jabez. For Jabez, pain was his identity. Can you imagine living your life under the weight of your name being you're a pain? You might experience pain. You cause pain in the life of others. Jabez, you are such a pain. And yet, Jabez didn't allow this to define him. He didn't allow his background, his origin story, to determine his destiny. But he called on God through prayer to overcome his pain. He said at the end of verse 10 in chapter 4, Oh God, that you would keep me from harm so that it might not bring me pain. And God granted what he asked. When pain is part of our life, we need to be reminded that God has the power to answer prayer. We feel pain today because of so many things. For some of us, it might be physical pain. Could be emotional and relational pain. Pain over our past. Pain because of loss, which could be job loss, loss of a loved one. Pain because what we once dreamed for our life never came to be. 
Perhaps, like Jabez, pain has become our identity. It's so much a part of our experience that we can't imagine our life without it. We can't help but consider that it's who we are. And in the middle of all that, when we remember that God has the power to answer prayer, we can call upon the Lord, our great and gracious God, to heal us of our pain, to bring comfort in our sorrow, to provide strength when we are weak, and in His time, to allow us to overcome the pain that we might feel today. Now, we should be careful because pain absolutely can have a purpose in our life and often does. And sorrow and suffering are a normal part of the Christian experience. Jesus promised us that in this world, we will have trouble. But take heart, he said, for I have overcome the world. So whether or not God chooses to rescue us relieve us from the pain that we experience here today, one day he promises that he will. When we are with him, free from pain and suffering and sorrow, no longer any tears from pain, all in the past, all glory and goodness in the presence of God. Maybe for us it's not pain but success that becomes our identity. And it gets wrapped up in things like our job, like I'm a pastor, that's who I am. I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a nurse, I'm a teacher. Maybe our identity is that I'm a mom or a dad, I'm a student. Or one day, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm an athlete. My identity is that I'm healthy or that I'm wealthy. I'm an artist or a musician. All of these things can become an integral part of our identity. And our world today is swirling with confusing ideas about identity, right? Sexual identity has become one of the key cultural movements of our day. And we are told that our sexual identity is one of, if not the most important things about us. Political identity is becoming an increasingly important part of our personal identity. What party we're a part of, who we voted for or didn't vote for, what we believe about certain ideologies is becoming a flashpoint and divisive amongst people. But Jabez knew, Jabez knew that his true identity was not found in his pain, not found in success if he had it, but his true identity was found in God. It was so fun to see that high energy video and see the kids sing about the great week they had this week during Kids Week. I'm so proud of Dakota and her whole team and the wonderful job they did welcoming all of the kids here this week. And the key theme for this week was all about identity. We were able to share with hundreds of kids here in Thornton and in Erie and in Boulder that each and every one of them, every person 
is made in the image of God. That's your true identity. Our key verse was Psalm 139. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, we told them. Wonderful are your works, O God. My soul knows it very well, and I praise you, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's who I am. That each and every person is made in the image of God. That is our truest sense of identity. Every person, everywhere. I wonder if, like Jabez, some of us might need to overcome some past experiences or release other things that we're allowing to define us. Where is your identity found? Who are you really? You, my friend, are a child of the Most High God. Created by Him for a purpose. And He is great and greatly to be praised. God is greater than our suffering. He's greater than our pain. He's greater than all the success or wealth we could possibly imagine. And we praise Him because of who he is and who he has made us to be. So Jabez knew that our great God has the power to answer prayer. And also, Jabez trusted that God is the source of true blessing. Blessing means receiving favor from God, the kind of goodness and grace that only God has the power to give. A blessing is generally passed from someone superior to someone inferior, from a parent to a child. Perhaps if you're married, you asked for your spouse's father's blessing before you were married. A blessing is passed from someone greater to someone lesser, and Jabez saw himself as needing blessing, favor. Jabez saw himself as needing help from the one alone who could provide it. God, he said in verse 10, Oh, that you would bless me. Too often we seek blessing in the wrong places. The world again tells us to find it in so many different areas. A successful and satisfying career. That's where true blessing is found. Or a beautiful new home. If you just have that, then you'll be blessed. A picture-perfect family. Or the American dream. We save our whole life so that one day we can live the blessed life of retirement. We all know that we'll find blessing on vacation, right? Now, all of those things can be blessings, perhaps from the Lord. And it would be right for us to attribute any of those blessings back to God that he has graciously given them to us. But are they? Are things like money, success, family, vacation, are they really the source of true, lasting, eternal blessing? No. Only God is the source of true blessing. And when we chase 
other lesser things in our life that aren't the source of true blessing, we will eventually discover that they don't truly satisfy or that we can lose them in an instant. And then what are we left with? Now Jabez knew that God was the source of true blessing. And I think in his prayer, he asked for two kinds of blessing, two kinds of favor, both physical and spiritual. Physically, he asks God to protect, his, protect him from his enemies. He says, God, enlarge my border. In the ancient world, when your border, your territory, your land increased in size, so too did your safety. Probably goes without saying, but Jabez didn't live in a master plan community with green belts and sidewalks, right? The larger his land, the more he could provide for our family and for, provide for his family and keep distance from those who might wish him evil. He goes on to ask the Lord to keep him from harm, physical protection and provision. Asking God for help to provide for our physical needs is one of the ways we ask for his blessing through prayer, which was modeled for us by the Lord Jesus when he taught us to pray this way. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Physical needs that we all have. Jesus encouraged us to pray for those kinds of things. And protection too, to deliver us from evil. God, help me with what I need to live. Food and clothing and housing and protection. God answers prayer. Now, he doesn't answer every prayer. But when we ask God for help, he listens. We know he answered the prayer of Jabez. At the end of verse 10, it says, God granted what Jabez requested for help and favor and blessing physically, and also spiritually. Spiritually, Jabez asked that God would bless him when he said, Oh God, that you would bless me indeed. I think it's notable that Jabez doesn't seek spiritual blessing by trying to live a really good life or assume that he would earn it or was deserving of it because he was a good person. But Jabez knows that the true source of spiritual blessing is found with God and specifically in a relationship with him. Oh God, that you would bless me and that your hand would be with me, he prays. That your hand would be with me. That's the language of a relationship. Be with me. Oh, God. The hand of God means his power. God, would you grant me power and be with me? Would I experience your power in my day-to-day -day life? Jabez wasn't trying to impress God. I don't think Jabez was trying to earn his favor, but I think he was simply receiving it. Receiving spiritual blessing from God as a gift. When most people think 
of how they relate to God, if they think about it at all, they think about it this way. Am I good enough to earn his favor? Is my life good enough for God? That's not how a relationship works, though. Religion, sure. Did I do the right thing or the wrong thing? And therefore, is God happy with me? That's what religion is. But God's purpose for you is not that you would be religious. God's purpose for you is that you would be in a relationship with Him. And that relationship is not about what you do or what you don't do, but about what God has done for you through His Son, Jesus Christ. Here's a more familiar verse you probably have heard. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. This, my friends, is the greatest blessing of God. First, that God loves you. If you're not sure about that, or if you've lived a life thinking that the way that God loves you is whether you do good things or less bad things, I want you to read this verse closely and see what it says. For God so loved the world. The whole world. Everybody in it. You are not excluded from the love of God. For God so loved the world. Everyone. Everywhere. Throughout all time. And that certainly includes you. And God gave you His Son. His only Son, Jesus. Do you know what the name of Jesus means? Jesus means He shall save His people from their sins. That's what the name of Jesus means. And that's the blessing we need more than any other salvation, which is found in Jesus, freely offered to us by the Son of God. And all you have to do, according to this verse, to receive the greatest blessing in the history of the world is to believe. Believe that God loves you. Believe that God gave his Son for you. Do you believe this? It requires humility to believe we need to be saved from our sins by someone other than us. To believe that all these other worldly things aren't the truest source of blessing, but that God is. And that He is the one that we ask for spiritual help. If you've never asked God before today to help you spiritually, I want you to know that he loves to answer those prayers the most. And I'd invite you to ask him right now to come before him and pray simply like Jabez did. Oh God, would you bless me with the gift of salvation? I believe I need it. I believe I need to call on the name of the Lord Jesus for salvation. And that when I do, that you will offer me this spiritual blessing by the work of your Son and through the power of the Holy Spirit that I might experience 
salvation. That's all it takes. So my friends, when we trust that God is the source of true blessing and believe that He has the power to answer prayer, and we ask God through prayer to bless us with salvation, I want you to know that Jesus tells us that our names are written in heaven. In the second part of verse 20 of Luke 10, after Jesus had sent his disciples out to cast out demons and share the love of Christ with people, he said to them, nevertheless, don't rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. The disciples came back all excited about their earthly success. Some of them were a little disappointed that people didn't receive the message that they have. But Jesus said to them, most important thing for you is not whether you have success, not whether your life is filled with sorrow, but the most important thing for you is that you would accept salvation in my name. And when you do, your name is written with countless others in heaven. That is the greatest blessing of all. If you'd like to talk about that, I'd love to meet you after the service. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you offer us the blessing of salvation, that you did not consider equality with your Father something to be held on to, but you humbled yourself to the point of death even death on the cross. And we call upon your name, Lord Jesus, for help. Wherever we are today, whatever we're experiencing, we ask for your help, for your hand to be with us, for your blessing and favor on us. And I pray for my friends here today, God, that you might bless them indeed in the ways that they need it, physically, spiritually, in their work, in their life, in their families, in their ministry. God, we need your help most of all. And we thank you, God, that you don't withhold it. You don't keep it away from us. You don't ask us to earn it. But you are a gracious and loving God who freely offers us blessing. Most of all, you offer us the blessing of salvation through your son, Jesus. I pray for any heart in this room who has yet to call on the name of Jesus for salvation. God, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, you might reach into their heart and speak truth to them about who they truly are. That their true identity is found in Christ that they have been created by you, God, for a purpose. And that by believing in Jesus, they might become a new creation with a new identity, saved by the power of God. Only you can do that work, God. And we ask that you do it in any heart that is far from you today. Bless you, God, for the ways that you bless us and care for us love us and provide for us. 
I pray as we worship you that you would be exalted in heaven as we sing your praise here on the earth. Thank you for your word. And thank you, God, that we can pray. We can ask for your help. And you're happy to hear our prayers. And you delight to answer them for our good and for your glory. We pray all this in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.